Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here in selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Brian Alexandra. He does what he does because he loves to see self-awareness come to light, and we all need that self-awareness. And he helps businesses kind of grow in synergy with a lovely momentum and, uh, you know, contribute to the employment, uh, disengagement and employee turnover. We are in a turnover. We are in a confusion. We're in a turmoil right now. But out of every bit of chaos always comes creativity. And if you are more self-aware of who you are and what you bring to the table, you can bring that to your business and really change it about. Because right now in this chaos, is an opportunity like you've never seen it before and this is the time to change it up and really kind of step up into what you're meant to be doing which is kind of conscious business isn't it you know it's not all about the bottom line and the profit if you haven't brought that consciousness into it you can't treat with respect because you can't come from respect and so i think that's the era that we're stepping into finally is that self-awareness of our consciousness and how we behave in business how we invite which is really important. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. That was beautifully articulated. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. Oh, I'm sure you could, but... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> We're going to find out, right? We're going to find out, right. Self-awareness. You know, a lot of people think it's, well, I'm aware. Look, I'm dressed all right. My hair's okay. You know, I belong to this club or that club and I drive a fast car and, that, and they think that is self-awareness. The self-awareness is aware to what is your outside and everything you do in life matching your inside because everything about life is an inside job, isn't it? Yes, yes, absolutely. And self-awareness is, it's a, it's a very funny thing. I think, you know, a lot of us, there's a term in Sanskrit, it's neti neti, and it's, it, it means not this, not this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of us stumble through life discovering who we are by finding who we are not through experience, right? (laughs) Or who we don't want to be. (laughs) And who we don't want to be, right? And that is a path and that's a way, I would argue uh, after having been down that path and finding a better way, that that's the more painful path. Mm -hmm. And there is indeed a better way, uh, a quicker way, a less painful way. And it it all begins with self-awareness. It's Mm -hmm. understanding who you are. um, It's understanding why you do what you do. And once you understand who you are, it really breeds empathy and compassion for everybody else, right? Because you realize that everybody is so unique and what you bring to the table is amazing and you should express that in the world, but you can't have a world full of views. You need diversity, right? (laughs) Um, You probably saw through through our setting up of our our podcast, (laughs) my attention to details is, is not quite there. It's something that I can cognitively work on, but my strengths are big picture. They're connecting the dots, right? So it's all about understanding who you are, what you uniquely bring to the table, but also having the verbiage to articulate that Mm. to others in the workplace so you can really, really represent 
what your value is to an organization. And that's how you make change. Yeah. And you know, it's, if you can't do it, delegate, because there's somebody yes. that does it very well. It's their forte. Mm -hmm. You know, you and it. you know, we've we've gone and uh, I think from kind of leadership and power looking down on everyone to collaborative leaders creating leaders in their yes. own departments. And when people aren't afraid to step up and you know and, and place down their beautiful nuggets on the table, you know, uh, without fear, or right. I don't want to do that. I say what goes. You know, that is so obsolete now. We're seeing that crumbling. Uh, a company will gain so much more by actually seeing the gifts in the people and inviting them to the table to share that. Because now you can see where the strengths are, where the weakness, why put somebody on a job where it's their weakness and their whole self-esteem is, is, is low because you've put them in the wrong department. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're not going to be productive that way. So know who your people are and where their strengths are and where they're best served because now you're respecting them. Right. So I'm writing a uh, almost done about 75% of the way there with uh, writing my first book, How to Succeed in Spite of Yourself. And um, good title. <laughs> it's centered around, you know, in, in um, America, basketball is still fairly big, but mm -hmm. I use it, the analogy of a starting lineup for a basketball team. Mm -hmm. You can translate this to any sport, football, any team sport, right. but you have a point guard, you have a shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and a center. And they have all they all have these unique attributes that allow them to play their position uniquely well, right? So point guard short and fast, the center is tall and lanky, and, and he or she can get rebounds. But what happens when you pull that team onto the bench and you mix them around? You say, point guard, go play power forward, and shooting guard, go play center, and you put them back onto the court. <laughs> now they're all playing the game of basketball and they're all playing the game that they love still. But now all of a the sudden, they're highly ineffective in their role and they're going to work every day and just getting beat up and demoralized. Yes. The fans are upset. The coach right. is upset. <laughs> yeah. And they come home from work just feeling horrible about the job they've done. And that's very uh, you know, akin to what happens in the workplace is I think a lot of the times we don't know who we are and what we bring to the table. And we take opportunities um, exactly because they are that. They're opportunities. Yes, yes. Um, but they're not, you know, we've never measured objectively what we are very, very good at, what our strengths are. And we've never aligned those with specific roles, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I do from an organizational perspective is not only do I teach leaders in organizations self-awareness, mm -hmm. so they have better empathy and compassion and they can better coach their teams. Yes, yes. But how to actually get very clear on what a role needs from a behavioral standpoint creating an archetype for that role and then hiring against it to say, okay, well, for this CEO, for this company, we need a point guard type of CEO. Mm -hmm. Now, all CEOs aren't the same. Yep. Some companies might need a power forward or some right. companies might need a center. You have to identify that for every position and then put the right person into the right seat. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's the whole thing. And, um, you know, whoever you are in charge or, you know, of, of a company is don't just hire someone because what's on the piece of paper. Right. You know that that's their ability, but does their personality mesh? You know, are right. they willing to learn? Can they be adaptable? How will they get on with other people? And you know, th there's so much more to everybody than just that little piece of paper saying, I am, I am, right? Uh -huh. And that when you actually invite people uh, from the inside out to be who they are, 
they're going to expand on their ability so much more because they feel there's an invite. Right. You know, I, I'm not here to be silenced by the big bosses. They want me to speak. They want me to share. Yes. They want me to be all that I can be and grow. And that's when the entire company grows. I'm a true colors coach as well. The four key okay. personalities. Yes, right? yes. You know what I'm I love about? it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in a company, you may, must have all four of those key personalities there because they're what give you the whole picture you right. need someone who can analyze the, the uh, pros and cons you need somebody who can build the structure you need somebody who can actually bring the bring the ambiance to it and you need somebody who can sell the damn thing yes. so, you know yes. if you have all of those personalities there and each one respects their role Right. You know, I always kind of look at it as your instrument in life. Your self-discovery is what instrument you are, how you learn to play it and then look for your orchestra. Correct. And sometimes in an orchestra, there's a soloist and sometimes you're just background, but everybody's important into the harmonious music that that orchestra puts out. Yes, that's beautifully stated. And to your point, you know, having too much of one thing isn't yes. good either. Right. So how not only do we need cultural diversity, but we also need diversity of thought. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I also think that the companies thrive more when they actually do take a personal interest in who works for them, you yes. know, uh, because then that personal interest then gets passed on to the clientele. Mm -hmm. You know, if you make people feel this is a family here, it's not just a nine to five, go home and forget about the job or moan about it. And it's like, we want you to feel it's a family here because then that person has gained not only the self-esteem or confidence, but they're going to exude that out to all the clientele. They right. want to stay there. They're going to make sure that they keep their position because they feel appreciated and, and the clientele benefits from it. Absolutely. And they know that the company's vested in their, not only their professional development, but mm -hmm. their personal mm -hmm. development. I think the stat right now is by 2025, 75%, at least in the States, 75% of the workforce will be millennials or Gen Z by 2025. Yep. And those generations, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. You know, a lot of the older yep. generations might say, oh, millennials don't have a work ethic. I personally think that the millennials have been the first generation to sit back mm -hmm. and watch the generation before mm -hmm. them. You know, the, the way I describe it is you're a, a cattle in line for slaughter and the millennials are like 20 cattle back watching every generation go through and they're deciding, you know, maybe I don't want to work 60 hours a week right. and I don't want my work to be my life. I want to, um, you know, work for an organization that believes in something and stands yes. for something and also somebody who's going to invest in me personally so I can develop as a human being. Right. And that's what we're seeing now. Yes. A lot of bad rap for millennials and Gen Zs, but it's really because I think they've, they've woken up and they realize that they don't want the dream that was painted for them. They want to create Well, they realize it was an illusion. Correct, correct. You know, and yeah. we've been living through the illusion. Yes. And, and we've been unhappy because, hang on, I'm meant to be happy. I've got the car, the house, the this, the that, uh, and the pay, good paying job, and I've got a good position. How come I'm not happy? What's wrong with me? Yes. Right? Well, you're bought into this false illusion, this fake news, and you're not. You're not a part of it. It wasn't, wasn't your instrument. It's not your orchestra. I don't know how many people I've interviewed have walked away from the six-figure jobs, the success and everything they had, and say, I may have been, quote, rich, but I was heart and soul poor. Exactly. Hollow, right? Absolutely. Um, that you, you said it amazingly well. Um, I'm one of those people that walked away from, you know, making 
a ton of money in sales, big corporate, uh, you know, fortune 50 company. And I just decided to go off and, and follow my passion and do what I loved. And I was the crazy, mm-hmm. you know, lunatic that left yes. all of that money. But if I wasn't happy making, you know, 250 grand a year, what, what's 500 going to do? Right, <laughs> I'm ready. Exactly. You know, exactly. I'm, 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 I'm not happy at that point. And, uh, it was so well worth it. I did that about seven years ago now and I, I never looked back. It's just, I've grown so much as a human being and, you know, maybe I made a little less money in, in the first seven years per year, but I, I feel like I've grown a decade in wisdom from it. And, and You've become more enriched and more abundant in what really counts. Yes. You know, somewhere along the line, we put power and money above all. Correct. And we, yeah. we became slaves to it. Uh, we became abused by it. And um, delusional that money will solve everything. Now, I'm not saying money isn't important because it greases the wheels. It's the fuel in the engine, but it's not the whole vehicle. Right. right? And if the vehicle isn't running on all four pistons or whatever it might be running at or Tesla, the energy, you know, if it's not running on the proper fuel, it's not going to be able to go. So, so many people are now putting people and planet before profit because the profit will come from the people and the planet if you show respect and consideration. Right, right. I feel like the last decade or two has been the pathological ending of yes. the old guard, right? And we're yes. seeing the transition right now, and that is the, the chaos that we are in. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, they bought into the illusion, like you said, mm-hmm. but now they have families to provide for, they have mortgages, they have car payments. And I think a lot of the mental health problems and depression yeah. comes from being trapped and there's no worse feeling than knowing that you've trapped yourself or painted yourself into a corner and you don't have a way out except for, you know, complete humiliation, bankruptcy, you know, for most people it's complete humiliation. Um, In my, you know, in my argument that is far better than, you know, attempted suicide, right. Right. Or or just living in a depressed state for the rest of your life, you know, not, not following, what you're here for, your soul's purpose. Mm-hmm. I think our whole reason of being here is to discover our soul's purpose and then go and do it. And a lot of people are waking up at 40 or 50, miserable, but trapped. And my goal is to help those people carve out a new path. Yay. <laughs> yay, yay. Um, I have a saying that been given to me a couple of years ago. The universe is here to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up and change it up. And if we are not being shaken up at the present moment with COVID and Black Lives Matter and Me Too movement and the environment, if we're not waking up, I don't think we ever will. But I think we're at the step up stage. We're looking at stop putting your life in some politician or religion or association and start taking charge of it yourself by getting to know who you are, why you are, what is your instrument and be part of the equation in the change because we know we cannot we cannot quote go back to normal normal didn't work it caused the dis-ease in our body and our mind our spirit and our soul and more people have diseases today than ever before and that comes from that disconnect and when people do have a crash like that i just call it the cosmic two by four you know, you haven't paid attention to the signs. Wackaroo, do you hear me now? Yes. Because from these ashes, you must rise. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, personal responsibility, personal accountability. Uh, I think people have this really romantic vision of what awakening is. And it's not anything that resembles that. It's right. it's messy and it's it's chaos and it's 
fear and uncertainty. It's completely destroying your axioms and everything mm. you know about yourself and the world. And it's kind of shattering you into a bunch of pieces. And then you have to put yourself back together yes. in a stronger and better way. It's a beautiful process. Oh, uh, Phoenix Rising best kind from the of Ashes. Le- yeah, and best kind of Lego you can ever play, right? You it's, know? it's amazing, but it's, yeah. you know, I can see why people avoid that introspection, mm. which leads to the awakening, because it is the scariest thing as you're going through it. We all know that uh, the gold is in the journey, but most mm. people want to get to the finish line or yeah. the end of the journey. Right? On the because highway, where, you know, are we there yet? Right. And, and, and they miss all the beauty of the journey. I always yes. take, take the long road. Stop yes. off at this village or that little town. Absorb it. Meet people. Learn something about yourself. In the eight years I've been doing this, I have learned considerable amount about myself through all of these interviews. And it's made me a better person because I was willing to take the journey through this process. And all of the people that are now going out and doing something they love that comes from the core of who they are, are people who are willing to go through the process. Yes. And it's only going to be as long as you drag it out. You know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at it and go, you know, I'm going to let go. Why am I still carrying that pain, that memory, that grudge? All right. Learn to forgive, learn to let go. It doesn't mean you forget or that you condone whatever's happened. But what you are doing is letting go of the grip on it and the pain of it because yes. you can't walk forward in any aspect of your life with that. No, no, I mean, we see everybody doing it and I've done it myself. Right. Um, but letting go, letting go is, is, is very scary because things often get worse before they get better. Right. Yeah. Um, but you have to, you absolutely have to do it. I have you a have saying, to have the chaos. You have to have the do. chaos to find the creativity. You have to, you, you do. So, you know, I, I have a saying, people sacrifice happiness for outcomes mm-hmm. when in reality, this should sacrifice the attachment to the outcome for their own happiness. And Thank if they you. can make that small shift, yeah. first you have to be aware that you're doing it and then yeah. make that small shift, your life changes in an instant. And it's, it's, not, uh, it's, not, it's not bliss, it's not you know, yeah. amazing, but if you stick through it yeah. and you, you go through the hardship of the change, you're gonna come out stronger and, and more useful to yourself and everybody in the world. It's, 100%, it's, 100%. Everybody has to do that. We have to change our dialogue towards ourselves. Yes. We have to change our mindset. And if we start looking at all of the things in life, however small that we can be grateful for, that is a wonderful start because we've been conditioned to moan about everything we don't have. Yeah. Right. And that seems to be, you know, you're not going to be content with just that. You need more. And that was mm-hmm. all part of the movement of it's more simple. is more. Right. And we are now part of that movement where the millennials most certainly get it. Less is more. Yes. Right. And we're beginning to relook at that. Why do I need all of that? It's so much to maintain when right. I could have this and it's so much more simpler and it gives me more time to do what I want to do. Yeah. Gratitude is, is beautiful. And um, from my own personal experience, uh, you know, when I was younger, my mindset was so backwards where I would think that if I was grateful for what I had, but it wasn't everything I wanted, then that would be all I ever had, right? right. I was, uh, and I, so I, 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 I built the pattern, the cognitive and, and the thought patterns of living my life in that way. I was a good human being, but I had the gratitude thing completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever taught me how to properly um, have gratitude and you know, things will then come to you, right? The, the growth mindset, but also law of attraction. Yeah. 
Um, and it, it was just this big realization that that was the, my, the way I used to think that I didn't want to be grateful for anything because I wasn't happy with what I had. Right. And if I, yeah. if I solidified it, that would be all I ever had. And it was, mm. it was, it, but it kept bringing me more misery. Right. So. right. And, and you're busy spooning it up and yes. choking on it. And you're not, you know, it's like, well, why is life so miserable? Well, yeah. you know what you have, the gift of being able to change it. That's yes, absolutely. That, that, that falls on us. You know, we can't always choose what happens to us, but we can sure choose how we react to it and what we're going to do with it. Yes. And I think the greatest uh, successes are those that have taken what's been given to them and changed it into a gift that propelled them forward in life. That right. positive thinking equals positive living. But you have to change the verbiage, the attitude. You know, the attitude has to change before the gratitude could step in attitude the vibration yes. of the attitude yes you know it, it's alchemy at its its Absolutely. finest but it's it's of the the human soul yeah yeah, yeah. It's, beautiful. It, it, it's interesting because um i love to hear business people talking about the soul heart and spirit because they all have their own intelligence and from my point of view the soul speaks to the heart and truth and the truth gives the knowledge to the spirit and the spirit in action will use what it needs from the mind when it when the mind needs to use it. So this is the information, right? This is a whole computer of programming and information. But if you haven't got the wisdom to know how to use that information, all it is is a database. Yeah. And you can be a prisoner of your own mind and, and you can fall into the trap of, yeah. of just logic without any type of heart or intelligence. Um, I, I love Sadhguru. I don't know if you're familiar with him. No. Um, he's a mystic, uh, an Indian yogi and mystic. A brilliant man and he talks about the difference between intellect and intelligence intellect he equates to a sharp knife mm -hmm. um, you know it's it's everybody wants a sharp intellect but you can only do one thing with a knife and it's to cut and dissect right, right. and we can equate that to if you're spiritual to uh, the divine masculine logic right right and intelligence is is God's intelligence mm -hmm. um, or whatever you believe in and that's more like a knitting needle and what that does, it, it weaves things together. So rather than dissecting, it's weaving things together. Right. Um, so you need to understand we need both. We need to tap into both. You don't want a dull intellect or a dull knife, right. um, but that can't be the end all be all. No. Logic has a ceiling, a hard ceiling. And when you hit that, you're missing half of life or more than half of life. And it actually creates quite a bit of uh, mental distress because you get trapped into the logical part of the mind and the logical thinking, and you're completely depriving yourself of the, the divine feminine intelligence. Thanks. You know, the knife um, allergy is, we always need a knife to cut away things, right? There's always the fat that needs to be trimmed, the things that don't serve us, cut it away, right? Yeah, we always yeah. need that. But understanding you know how to use that wisdom how to use that knowledge you know i think that is what i call the knowingness and for me personally um when that knowingness is given to me my core will know its truth and i yes. can't go against the core i don't ask me to do that my core is there's a hand on it that says no not for you and so often our head says yes but it sounds good well, and everybody else is doing it and maybe i you know i have to go down that path and if the core says no it's not for you. Please listen. Otherwise, you're going to go down a path 
do all those things and go, well, that didn't make me happy. This thing doesn't work. (laughs) So listen in to yourself, be in tuned with who you are. Yes. Because who you are in your own life is who you should be in every aspect of your life. There's a beautiful book, um, Napoleon Hill. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, his less known book called um, Outwitting the Devil. I've heard and of it. it's a beautiful book, um, really well done. It's a conversation between him and uh, the hypothetical devil and what that, that would look like. Yes. And he has a term called hypnotic rhythm. Mm-hmm. And we are all kind of trapped into this hypnotic rhythm and it's ignoring that, that core, that voice. Yes. Um, and we have to break ourselves out of that and we have to be able to tap in and, and become in tune with that first and then secondly apply our logic or our mind yes um, so if your your audience wants a great book recommendation very old book napoleon hill outwitting the devil and it it hits on that point so beautifully um yeah. i highly recommend that to everybody and you know especially a good one for people who are in discovery you yes. know a book i've been promoting a lot of right now just because it seems apropos to our times is who moved my cheese by spencer okay Johnson, yes MD. yeah i right? read that it's a simple little book but so logical and of course if you have done the true colors for personalities it fits into that and you right. know life is always about change you know if you rest on your laurels if you become complacent you're beginning to ferment you know right. our, our blood and our energy and our bodies flows all the time the wind and the oceans everything is in flow and we can't have stagnancy and you know uh, who moved my cheese is abundance of cheese and as one day it's gone and it's the four different reactions and you've got the angry people give it back to me i'm going to sue someone and the other person chasing their tail for a better like i'm confused i don't know where to go and sniffy and scary who are already out there seeking the new opportunity or finding new cheese and i think in understanding who we are from a personality trait we can understand if it is our reluctance to go down any of these paths of self-discovery uh is that in our personality trait when then we are all four personality traits bring the other ones up right right and become a little more balanced uh, I mean, I'm a screaming blue. <laughs> I can't okay. get away from that. You know? yeah. And then the orange and green and my gold is way down there. So um, I work best in chaos in actual fact. That's Me where too. the creative comes, right? Me too. But if we do know our own personality style and we do know where we thrive and where we're weak or what is our obstacle, we're better able to not only work in the strengths, but when we get to the weaknesses, ask for help. Uh-huh. It's not meaning you're weak. Right. Or your right. Failure. It, it, you, it means that, look, uh, uh, this is completely out of my zone. Right. Can you guide a, me down this path? Can you help me? I'm a point guard and you, I need to be a power forward right now. Mm-hmm. I need help understanding how to do that because it's right. not how I naturally do things. Right. Right. Yes. That's why I love, you know, all of the objective assessments mm-hmm. because it takes the subjectivity out of it. Yeah. It takes the personal feelings out of it. You know, you're not guessing at what you are. Oftentimes we're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> at guessing about others and myself, I've done thousands of assessments and it's even for me, I, I don't guess until I see the objective result mm-hmm. because you know, it, it's, it's just not worth guessing. You're always, you're not always right. You're more often no. wrong subjectively. Yeah. So having these uh, tools and assessments, um, like what you would do and I do for me, that's a start here point on yes. the map, you know, that's for self-awareness and 
without that, you are literally flying blind and, and you just don't know where to start because you don't know who you are. And right. when you don't know who you are, you make concessions. Yes. Too many concessions yes. when you are. Yes. <laughs> Bending into a pretzel. Yes, and, uh, yes. We get caught up in the, the expectation of life of what we should be. Uh, right. And it takes us away completely from who we are. It does. Right? It does. I've coached um, entrepreneurs for um, six years now. And it never fails that an entrepreneur will choose somebody that they idolize and choose mm. the outcomes that they idolize. And they'll go by that person's program. Right. But the fact is, the reason why that person is successful and his program worked for him is because it was designed by him for people like him. Yes. And so now you have people that are not exactly wired the same way, um, making concessions for who they are and trying to be somebody they're not. And even if they get the outcomes that person had, they're doing it and they're miserable where it's not sustainable. Right. And uh, it's, it's such a, a predictable thing that it's a path that everybody goes down. And I think a lot of people do fall for that. Like, I just want to be like him, mm-hmm. I'm do whatever he did. And, yes. and I'm like, well, that's only right for 20% of the population. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, the thing is, I think where they get confused is that you can be inspired by someone. Sure. Right. But it doesn't mean you have to become like them. There right. may be something they're doing or something they've said that you can apply to your life that makes you grow and expand in who you are and what you do. But the moment you say, I want to be like them, you've just lost yourself. Right, right. You're no longer authentic to yourself. Not at all. And you've taken your power away, your magic away. Yeah. And, you know, then you're just doers, you're not beers. Right, right. Absolutely. And you you want to become, you know, you want whoever you are in everyday life, business, home, walking down the street to be that same aura. All right, you're going to wear different hats. Yes. You're a father or mother or business person, you're going to wear different hats. And that's, I think, where people get mixed up on. You know, they, they bring out the knife and they divide themselves. Right. right? Now, this is my business self. This is my personal self. No, that's where no. the disconnect is. Right. Be yourself. Yeah. Intertwined. All you're doing is putting on different hats as an application of what you need to attempt. But always bring yourself to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So I recall um, owning my own small business. I went from building this amazing business out of just pure passion, pure energy. And um, I fell into the trap. This was before I started business coaching of hiring a coach and trying to emulate myself after him, who's an amazing person, um, very uh, logical, very, you know, um, data, logic, Mm -hmm. hard logic. And so I started modeling myself and my business after him. And I noticed this sharp decline in mm-hmm. monthly revenue. Mm-hmm. I became extremely depressed because I got caught, I got yes. trapped in this logic. And I was miserable, but not only was I miserable, my outcomes were worse. Yeah. I was making everybody around me miserable. Yes. And it was this wake up point of like, oh my gosh, like what did I do? Mm-hmm. I had something amazing. I changed who I was and everything changed in a bad way. Right. So I had to find a way to um, go back in as my authentic self mm-hmm. and fix it. And that's kind of like what led me to understanding um, all of the behavioral assessments, understanding you know, who I need to hire for what. Right. I had to figure all that out because at the, the time I was blaming everybody else yeah. 
for everything <laughs> going wrong. Going out, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So that's a little bit of the history of how I got into what I was doing. And, you know, once I understood myself better and understood that that was not the person, not the hat yes. that I should have put on for myself. Not that, you know, stops trying to get into other people's shoes. You Correct. know, they're either going to be too tight or too big or pinch you somewhere, you know, and it, you're just going yeah. to be uncomfortable and you're not going to be able to walk right. And, and, and it, it's so miserable. And mm. um, once I figured that out, then I realized how different we all are and how much we need each other. Now I wasn't telling people, I don't know, do it the way I do it. Mm -hmm. I would tell them, you know, here's, here's what I need done get it done in whatever way you would do it. Because right. I can't tell you, you know, I'm the tea cat uh, pot calling the kettle black. Right, right. You have to do it the way you want it. You would naturally do it. And if I tell you the way I did it, you're going to do a poor job or you're going to hate your life and me for it. Right. I even always say the best teachers are those that have gone through it. So even going through that path, you knew that was a path that, you know, you will recognize that other people are doing and you know how to recognize it and put a stop to it and redirect them. Right. right. So you, even when we go down, I've gone down so many cul-de-sacs or, you know, just yeah. wrong roads lead me to the wrong place. And it's like, okay, no, this was the wrong one. You know, take a different street and, uh, you know, you get to see the scenery, <laughs> but you don't want to get stuck just wandering those streets. So, you sure. know, learn and kind of be a bit more directional with yourself. And like, you know, oh, so-and-so does this, or so-and-so does that. Uh, what, what would I do in that circumstance? Right. Right. If I'm talking to me, which I very much believe in mirror therapy, okay. uh, what would I tell myself? And does it really resonate? Because it's so hard to pull the wool over your own eyes when you're looking right, at right. the mirror. Right. Yeah. And if you in the mirror agrees with it, then you know it's right. If you're looking at yourself raising an eyebrow and going, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then who are you trying to kid? Right. <laughs> yeah. And I've been, I've been there. I think we've all been there. Yeah. And, and that's part of... I think you you can't be a great leader until you've been a poor, terrible leader. Right. Yes, um, I agree. And you know, maybe not doing it on purpose, but um, having the introspection to admit that you've been a terrible leader uh, right. in your life or at times, and it's the fun uh, and and painful thing to point out to others because you really, really have to leave your ego at the door and um, own up to all of your shortcomings. Leave the ego at the door. You know, I think you can have self-pride and celebration of your achievements. Yeah. But, you know, stepping into an ego um, that becomes dominant is always a sign of insecurity. As somebody right. who feels inadequate, right? And Projecting, course, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. of course, you know, pure narcissism is people, you know, on a different scale altogether. And you can't even do anything with them, so don't try. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that people make mistakes and, you know, I did a show the other day on the perfection of imperfection. And, you know, we look at a diamond that has a, a you know, a, a floor in it and we look at it as pure perfection. So why are we constantly seeking perfection and understand right. that you have some quirks, so you have some flaws, which makes you uniquely yourself. Right. You know, it's like playing that violin. You may play the same music as everyone else uh, is doing, but you're playing it slightly differently, which makes it unique or makes you be the soloist. But really, as a coach, you're a conductor, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And how they play that music, you're conducting. You know, that doesn't sound quite right. Try this, try that. But it's up to them how they bring their heart and soul to that instrument because you can't walk it for them. And it's not a, a, a manual step by step do it this way all you're doing is sharing the tools 
right. that you knew that worked in your life because you used them going through it, that they now can apply to their lives in whichever way. But this is the hammer. How many millions of ways can you use a hammer? Right. right? You know, and what are you going to carve out for yourself using these tools? And as coaches or counselors or leaders, really, that's all we can do is give people the tools and the encouragement and the direction. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a, a coach, you, they have to do the work themselves, right? Oh, yeah. You can provide the direction and you can point out the, the obvious things to them, um, which they may be missing because, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to look in the mirror in that way. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, they have to do the work and they have to go through the process yes. themselves. You can't lead them there. No. There's no ring in the horn, in the nose and, you know, and, uh, well, you didn't do it my way. So therefore that's the reason why you failed. You know, that right. is not the kind of coaching you want. <laughs> right, <laughs> you right. Um, it's like a, an artist with a canvas. You've asked them to paint a portrait. There's a show on right now about portraits and one person will sit. It's a competition on the portraits and okay. each person will have an interpretation of how yeah. that person's look and they'll paint it from their style from their perspective does right. it mean does it mean that all of those portraits are wrong and there's only one right no right. it's all perspective and the person is going to choose one that they resonate with don't take it personally if they don't choose you it's just not a right fit right right so you know adding on to that and piggybacking onto that so when you look at perennial wisdom or universal truths there there are universal truths and um, I think it's so beautiful that these universal truths are pulled down by unique individuals mm -hmm. and filtered through that unique individual and then spit back out yes. in their own light, right? So now we're taking universal truths and they're, they're molding and, and, and mending with us and we're putting them back out into the world. And when you hear people say a universal truth, it's this internal feeling yeah. of you, you just, you're like, wow, that is... The core sure. soaks it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson, and mm -hmm. he talks a lot about the, the Bible, right? Um, and he said, the Bible, um, if you take it literally, it's, it's not that great of a work of art. But if you look at the Bible, it, it's actually speaking about the truer than truths and the metaphorical analogies within the Bible that are embedded into these stories, they are truer than true. Like the, yeah. they're the, the metaphysical truths, the universal truths, but you can find that in anything. Yeah. Uh, you can find that in Alice in Wonderland. Yes. You know, if you oh, have yes. the right lens for it. Yes. I mean, that's the reason why we love books and art and shows and things like this. There is always a parallel or yes. a reflection or an answer to be found in something or a stimulation. You know, when we, when we are inspired by these people, it is because they've helped us see ourselves, see our possibilities, or even see our flaws that we need to fix. Correct, right? correct. And that is the reason why some people are of inspiration. And, uh, you know, they are, they are in knowingness. They're channeling that knowledge that yeah. resonates with their soul, heart, and spirit. And they're speaking that truth, not from the head, Right, right. From the heart and the soul and the spirit. And that is how they're communicating. And you don't just hear the words, you feel them. And when you really feel that, and you can feel it ignite inside of you, then you suddenly you're switched on to something that is greater than yourself and you understand what we're talking about. Yeah, and that's the difference between uh, mere knowledge and mm -hmm. then, you know, internalized wisdom. Yes.
what I'm loving to see at this present moment is the different uh, practices that are happening in business. That businesses are realizing they really do have to bring heart into the equation. Soul might still take a little while, but heart yeah. into, the, into the company. That this kind of treating everybody as a number, treating their employees where, you know, just really with disrespect, it's not working. People are going to go where they're valued. Uh, people are going to shop you know, where they feel they're not a number. And I think this whole COVID thing right now, we have so many companies stepping up and saying, okay, we can't manufacture this right now or serve you with this right now, but we're going to reconfigure so we can be of service for you in a different way. And then their customers and the community looks at that and say, thank you. Thank you for stepping up and providing something for us and not charging us a triple rate. Right. Right. Because do you want to do business with somebody who took a pandemic crisis and then gouged you? I don't want to do business with them. I want to do business with the people that in some form or other stepped up and said, I'm here for you for my community and I'm going to do whatever I can do to make this path uh, um, more fluid for you. That is the best kind of customer relations you can have in marketing. Yeah, it's worth millions and millions of dollars in marketing and it's authentic, it's organic. Yes. Um, and, and people will remember, um, they're going to look back and they're going to see the people who took advantage. Right. They're going to see the people who stepped up and selflessly yes. helped the cause. Um, and I really believe that. I really believe that. And now more than ever, not only in that regard, but now that COVID happened and everybody is now working remotely or used to working yes. remotely, yes. Com- companies were deathly afraid of that right. just three months ago. Yep. And now they're reporting that people are far more productive Yes. and they're happy with the results. But what that's doing is that's opening up the pool of talent. Mm-hmm. You know, now you can work from anywhere. So, you know, you can have a job in the UK working in the United States and find your time difference. But the pool of talent is now so big that the companies don't have the leverage that they used to. Now it, the actual workers and employees have the leverage because they yes. have so many more opportunities and they are going to go exactly what you said to the people who appreciate them, who allow them to be their authentic selves, who invest in their personal and professional development. And it's going to, it's going to change that alone is going to change the world. Yeah. But the wait, companies that don't adopt, they're going to. If die. you don't adopt or adapt, you know, goodbye. You're, you're right. Going by the way of the dinosaurs. Uh, there's a wonderful program called freecode.org. I just had uh, uh, Dimitri Otez on uh, promoting that. It's not his company, but he's talking about so many people now going online, needing of so many more programmers or people who can code, not just for websites, but, you know, on all levels. And the amount of opportunity that is out there for people. And so they teach people how to code and help them get a job, right? And, you know, whether it's coding or whatever it is, but how many more people are saying, I don't have that hour commute. I'm back again. I can work (laughs) around my kids, Yes. right? I can be more productive because I'm not wasting my time out there on the road, stressed out, or, you know, trying to get back in time for dinner. You know, dinner can be busy cooking there while I go back to work. And it's not about the eight hours you put in. It's how productive are you in and the hours that you can put in, which I believe you are a lot more productive than you are if you're just sitting at a desk in an office. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's kind of just fluff time, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, it was a metric that employers could control, yeah. but not, not productive, not effective at all. No. Um, you know, experimenting with being an entrepreneur myself, coaching entrepreneurs, we try to teach people to 
um, optimize their time and and get as much done in as little time as yep. possible. Yeah, be smart, so right? Because you could work 16 yeah. hours a day you, yes. if you let yourself, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, there's always something to do. But what if you can work four hours a day or three hours a day and get everything done and then still have time for your family and still have yeah. time to be a great dad and husband or a great wife or, you know, whatever, whatever you want. Or if you're single, get out and socialize. Get out and socialize (laughs) or read a book or or anything. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, the beginning of that, that Mm. kind of tsunami wave of people, as you said, again, uh, building their life, um, I'll I'll call it, they're going to build their work around their life now, which is beautiful. Yeah. And always used to be the other way. Yeah. Right. Always used oh, yeah. to be the other way. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think in so many ways, I mean, the other thing about being working from home is, you know, one of the things that I do, I'm, I'm on here for a good six hours straight. Right. Wow. But, wow. You know, That's a lot. Uh, but I kind of start at 10 o'clock. My breakfast yeah. and lunch is here while I'm working because, of course, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing the podcast, editing them, everything else that comes along with it. But right. come five o'clock, I put that computer down as the end of my work day. Sure. Right. And I may check back on emails. And if they're important, I'll open up that computer again. If not, they can wait for tomorrow. And right. I think, if, you know, this transition is that you're going to work in the hours that suit you. But you've also got to go, OK, end of day, end of work yeah. day. Yeah. Right. So there is a new discipline and a new structure. And I think a lot of people are going to need help at the present moment in getting into a system that works for them, works for the employee and or entrepreneur, entrepreneur works for their clientele, but also allows them to be able to go, okay, end of day. And having the discipline to stick to yes. it, building, building the, hab- the cognitive habits yes. Um, yes. and holding yourself accountable to it. Because again, yeah. you, could, you could easily allow that to, to drip in to the, you know, nine, 10 o'clock hours at night, right? Easily, easily. You know how, how consuming time is on a computer. Yeah. You know, and yes, we get a whole lot more done if we kind of did it in other ways. But it's also, you know, always when you finish one thing, there's another thing to do. And sure. it's like priority. What's the priority for the day? That's what needs to be done. If the other didn't get done, all right, tomorrow. It right. will become the priority tomorrow. It so, will be, yeah. Yeah. We are looking at a different different way of doing business, a different consciousness in doing business. And I also think that in a lot of ways, people who are online entrepreneurs, there is a different way of reaching out people that I think is more intimate, right? And, and requires people to be more themselves than right. perhaps they would have been in other ways. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, when it comes to, you know, actually... America, you know, in America, I'm always relating it to the States and I'm, right. I'm saying the, the work culture before COVID was, you know, the, if you get in early and you leave the latest, you're, you're the best, right? You're right. The, the hardest working. It's kind of like a, a badge, a badge yeah. of honor. And, I have no life. I'm miserable, but I was here 16 hours. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and the people who are the nine to five and clock out at five, um, you know, they're, they're kind of made fun of They're they're, yeah they're put under, right? Right. But I read an article about France where it's actually illegal for a company to email their employees after work hours, right? And this was as of last year. So I was thinking about how would that play with, you know, in terms of the states and, and, you Mm. know, I would say that might never fly because corporations were so stuck in their ways. Yeah. But now that, you know, COVID has happened and it's really changed the world completely, I think now is a perfect time to implement some of those things. Yes. No Slack messages after five, right. no emails to your coworkers after five, 
um, make it, you know, let's have a clean cutoff. Yep. Um, if you want to, maybe you can go and, and do some stuff, but let's, let's actually use this as an opportunity to build brand new habits um, and yes. carve out the life that you want. This is, it's never going to go back to this. This is the time to do it. And if we try to do it three or six months from now, you know, things are going to become more chaotic and it's always yes. more difficult to implement change when things are chaotic. Right. I mean, we've got a brand new canvas here. Yes. And you yes. know, what we put on this canvas is what we want to see work, what we see is important. And quite honestly, you don't have enough paint for the things that didn't work, right? right this is right. a great opportunity to leave them behind. Yes. And it's also, I think, you know, what we're seeing, um, we're seeing these Zoom calls all on TV and late night shows and everything else. Yeah. And one of the things I'm really enjoying about it is A, nobody's kind of dressed up. You know, and there isn't that kind of two minute interview and off they go. People are in their own homes, they're more relaxed, and the conversation is going deeper and longer. Right. And I think we're getting more honesty, we're getting more, you know, people not, you know, makeup, hair going, da, 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 bye, clap, clap, clap. We're getting now, hi, man, how are you doing? And more coming out. And I think, I think it's showing people in their true light. And I think it's going to be hard for them to go back to the studios to do it the way they did before because people love this. And I know it sounds funny, but it feels more intimate doing it this way than having somebody just in front of you when you know you've got a commercial break in, in a two minutes and you've got to ask them everything you want in that two minute slot. Right, right. And it's not a big production. It's just right. more authentic. This is yes. like going to somebody's living room and, yes. and having a conversation, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. I will say, you know, whether you're having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee with me, or maybe it's a double scotch interview, you know, right. or, yeah. you know, you know <laughs> or it's that tranquil one in the bath or out for a walk or cooking, you know, that's the beauty of this. Um, and this is another medium that so many businesses are, are adopting to now with podcasting, right. um, you know, as the troubleshooting, and then it becoming available for everyone in, in the company to kind of hear the conversation or join and participate, which I think is a less intimidating than the boardroom table. Right, right. Or the, the big meetings where nobody wants to speak up. You can right. still hear leadership's mm. views, their, their directions. We can have representation from everybody in the company. Yes. If they want to participate. Yes. And you can do it every day if you want to. So yeah. uh, I think the, the, the sheer volume of conversations that you're able to have now is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And of course and you can record it and go back and listen to it. So you didn't miss anything, you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. I love the way where changes are going and boy, do we need them. You know, um, there is an awful lot out there that needs to change and the invite for people is to change within themselves so they can bring that to the table. But it's also been never a time in history when you have so many people out there willing to help people navigate through this change it's not like 10 15 20 years ago where it was so new and you didn't know who to turn to because, right. or have access to people now you have so much access to people and i'm sure you work with people online as well as you know in person if they're around and it's just made it so much easier to get the help to navigate through this this transition in life and and to redirect yourself onto a different path yeah, yeah. And I feel, you know, the last five years or so, you you kind of saw this uptick in yeah. people that were awakening and yeah. kind of really, really grasping things. And that's prepared prepared them yes. for this moment yes. right now yes. to help. It, it was it was it was serendipitous and mm -hmm. you know, from a universe perspective, it was grooming the the teachers of this. Yeah 
moment. And it was beautiful to watch because you can, you can almost feel yeah. something was going to happen. Uh, I didn't know, I, I can never yep. predict what it was, nope. but I, just by the sheer volume of people awakening over the yep. last five years, I was like, this is something different. I don't, I haven't seen this before. No. Um, and, and now here we are. And, yeah. and so many people that you can reach out to for help. I knew that this year was going to be the year that the world would unite with each other, that yeah. boundaries were going to come down, no walls, no borders, that it was going to be a unison. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be a pandemic that did that. But, right. but never in the history of time have we had every country go through the same thing at the same time. Right, right. right. Now, although it closed our physical borders, it transcended borders altogether through this medium. It really did. And yeah. now, you know, people realize, well, my business isn't just local around the corner. I can work with people across the world, right? Yeah. There aren't any limitations. There aren't any borders. There may be boundaries as to how you do things, but not borders. And I think we're becoming more one with it right. through this different medium. And people had, you know, tunnel vision, yes. you know, especially in business of I'm a brick and mortar and I can only yeah. help the five mile radius right. around me. And it was a, a very, it was a scarcity model, right? Like if you had five different businesses doing the same thing within 10 miles, you were fighting over the same people. And it just forced people, just blew the lid off yeah. and said, wow, I can ship stuff online and it's not that difficult. And I could have been doing this yes. the entire time. And yeah. it, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, yeah, and it's great to see it. But, you know, wake is. up call, wake up call, right? I'm bit like yoga teachers. Okay, well, you know, what they're doing now is doing you know, uh, tune in at this time and we'll do yoga, you know, through this way in your copy. And I don't know if you've seen it. They've got this big mirror now. Oh, Have yeah, you seen that I mirror thing that. where you could do the sports and everything along there? And like, out of any form of chaos uh, and necessity or creativity will always find its place. Yes, like, yes. Or for every adversity, there's a yes. seed of opportunity, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. And I think it's really exciting. I also think that, you know, I kind of call it the third, fourth, and fifth dimension, um, which at 2012 is when the shift went and the volume was being turned up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I said that there's the, the fourth dimension is the bridge, the awakening. Yeah. You know, I, I'm awakening, I'm a more cognitive, I'm more connected, but I still quite don't quite understand what I'm doing with it. And right. so the fifth dimensioners were there to help them through that. And those, they have now become the fifth dimensioners teaching other people. And we're yeah. already, we're already now we're hitting the sixth and seventh and eighth dimension in, in that awakening. Cause we're going to go fast now. They're, yeah. they're going to put the foot to the pedal now in raising that vibration. The third dimension is of people who will refuse, you know, the hem in the, in who move my cheese. They will not change whatsoever. And unfortunately uh, that's their free will. Right. But they're just not, that bridge is already broken off. If you weren't, right. there, you know, you're, you're left behind and you're there to fend for yourself in that old way. But it is the opportunity of a lifetime, I think, right now with all the help that you can get to make those changes. Or even you've already made those changes, but now you have to apply it differently in, in this particular climate. And you're not yeah. quite sure how to do that. We all need coaches right now. Right? We all need coaches that can help us navigate because we're not meant to do it on our own. Right, right. We need to have somebody from the outside look in and go, okay, I see your problem this way. When, when you're in the problem, you see it like this. Yeah. And, and a coach will see it from this way. And then you start opening up those fingers and, of clarity. Right, right, right. I always describe it as, you know, you're in a helicopter looking over the savannah <laughs> and you're looking an inch at a time through the, yeah. you know, through the weeds and you don't see from the top view nope. angle. 
you don't see the water and you don't yeah. see the lion and the danger and the opportunity, but the coach does. And yes. you know, no matter how good you are, everybody needs a coach. Yes, I agree. A mentor, a coach, somebody there that you can go to and, and you know, even if once they've helped you walk through, but you know that you trust this person, you can pick up the phone right. and, and go, I'm facing an obstacle I don't know what to do with. And I think it's an exciting time for a coach because you've got those people that are not only in need, but so receptive to change right now. So I think it must be really exciting because it you've is. got people that are willing to be more participatory and, and also more exploratory of what's yeah. out there. Yeah, I think they're admitting to themselves that, um, you know, they don't want to go back to the old way. Nope. Um, they don't know what they're doing. Nope. <laughs> and no matter what they're doing, yep. they just, a lot of people don't know who they are at this moment, right? Right. And it's, it's so beautiful to be able to help people discover who they are. You yeah. know, I always put it, we all have this unique genius that lies within. Yes. It's, it's your soul's purpose to find it and express it and share it. Yeah. Um, we can, we can, as coaches call ourselves, the Yodas uh, or the guides. Yes, um, yes. In, in the hero's journey of, right. of everybody. And, and everybody has their own journey and own storyline. Right. And it's so beautiful. And a lot of people more than ever are just embarking. They're just at answering the call right now. Yeah. Right. And that is, for me, the most exciting time to be alive mm -hmm. is now in order to help others and then also have other people help me. Yeah. Exactly. The, the ripple effect. Yes. I mean, the caterpillar goes into a complete blob of gook right. to, to rewire, re-DNA before it becomes the butterfly. Yes. And I think we're looking at a lot of people in the goop stage right now. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And what kind of coding goes in there at the present moment will define what kind of butterfly they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And we so all the, have our own responsibility yeah. to help shape yes. that. Yes, exactly. But it's also, it's like, um, a director or conductor of an orchestra, you work and work and work to kind of put things in sync and harmonious that plays out. And then you get to play for the audience. Yes. And you realize how much this music transcends and ignites and creates as it goes out and inspires. And I think that is when you can turn around and see one of your clientele's suddenly take wings, you know, yeah. then it's like, oh, awesome, right? Awesome. It's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> yeah. feeling. I can tell you use metaphor and analogy to yeah, make do. sense of the world. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just like myself. Uh, I'm, I'm, so I, I appreciate that in you. That's, that's, that's literally the, the way I make sense of the world is yeah. analogy and metaphor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think for, for me, that is, you know, how I get my clarity, you know. Yes. Uh, I also think that if we just try to find plain words for something without the metaphor of what it can become, it'll either get lost or we become boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's the archetypal story, yeah. right? Um, another great book is The Storytelling Animal, and it talks about the history mm. of, of storytelling, and, and it's hardwired into our, yes. our DNA, and it's why we remember things right. and we feel the lessons of the stories, because they're, they're literally hardwired into our DNA. Yeah. This is why wow. I call these shows the why show. I love that. You know, you're, you're sharing your why. Why are you yeah. doing what you're doing? What propelled you to go there? What did you have to do to discover it? Because we've all got a why. Right. And, right. and some of this might be in transition of that why. And the thing is, let's face it, you're never going to complete your why. Your why is always going to evolve. Uh -huh. Right. It's yeah. always going to grow and it's going to, it's going to twist and shout. You know, it's going to dance the waltz. And the thing is, allow, go with the flow. Yeah. Don't go, well, I, you know, I'm all right where I am right now. I don't want to do anything else. No, right, take, right. 
go with it because it may be taking you down another road that's even more exciting than where you are right now. Absolutely. Uh, your unhappiness, if when you attach yourself to the outcome or the yeah. why, you close yourself off to all of the other possibilities where your logic might have the perfect path for you, mm -hmm. but you're not allowing divine intelligence to no. say, you know what, this is maybe not your path. Right. And maybe this is your path, but mm -hmm. you're holding so hard onto that reality that you created. And that's where your depression and your mental yes. illness comes from. It's just let go, let go. Let go, let go. Right. That's the reason why that movie, Let It Go, was so you know great for kids. But I think adults is the one for that put it over the too. top. Yes, let it go, yes. let it go. Because you know, <laughs> uh, there is always something we have to let go. And we don't always know what it is or realize right. it's there. But when we do, process. it is a constant process. And even when you get to that higher level of vibration and you've become one with yourself and you love what you're doing, you're still going to either have triggers or something that, you, that you've got to face. And it's, I've learned not to fight it. I was a blueprinter. I saw things. I saw how it was going to be, who was going to come, how did it serve someone, but I wasn't a foundator. Right. I wasn't a structuralist. And yep. now when I get given a vision, I will just create that vision visually or orderly and then just wait to be directed as to where and when it has to be delivered. So it's also understanding seeds and ideas that you're planting today don't need to be picked tomorrow. Right, right. And, and knowing yourself well enough yeah. to maybe not make things happen but right. to let them happen um, them. some people maybe are wired uh in yeah. that way where they should make things happen yeah um, people <laughs> might like yourself and me i i can make anything happen i can i can do and make anything but it's a reality that should have never been sometimes right I agree with you. I'm being more the other way. Every time I've tried to make something happen, something went wrong. Always. And saying, yeah. you know, you know, like, no, no, mate, you think you've tripped again and, you know, you're flat on your ass. It's time to get up and go in a different direction, you know? And, right, right. Because I got in my own way. And it was, it was the universe's auto-correction <laughs> yes. that you were ignoring probably. Yeah. And, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We so, have a lot in common. This oh, is amazing. Yeah, no, but, and, and it's great, you know, when I, when I interview people of business that use this whole technique, because again, it, people still think that the business mind is different to, you know, the soul, heart and spirit mind. And you are going to do so much better in business when you bring your whole self to the table. Yeah. Right. There yeah, is no putting on differentness. It's just a different hat of what you're doing, but not who you are. I don't care how good your strategy is, yeah. how good your product is. If you don't have the team who is lit up uh, going to work every day, carrying out the vision, you're not going to get anywhere right. uh, as a company, as an organization. So it's marrying that logic with, with the, the, the heart, with the feeling, with yes. the soul. And it's teaching companies how to do that holistically how to identify how to do that. And that's, that's my why. It's, I love it. How do I bring all of the yeah. esoteric spirituality into the workplace where it really should have been from the beginning? Yeah. And how do we now transform the workplace to allow for that? Because that's what's going to really change the world. Right. It's all kind of a matter of breath, isn't it? Take it a is. breath. Learn yeah. to breathe. Learn to see what's in front of you. Stop rushing onto an agenda. Yes. Right. You, yes. You're being shown something different because what you thought you wanted is really not viable. Right. All right. So if a door closes there, don't get upset about and try and beat down the door. Right. Just realize you've just got to turn a direction and it might be an inch, it might be a yard, it might be the, you know, the full 180, but go to the door that says open me. 
Correct. Yeah. We see that on a microcosm where, you know, if you're spiritual and you meditate every morning and that's your practice, um, it allows for you to tap in and to be um, aware and to listen to what you should be doing. Yeah. But if you miss that meditation for a week in a row, you fall back or you revert back into your old patterns. And all of a sudden now you're waking up in a rush. Yes. Just do whatever your mind is telling you to do rather than listening. Now you're just doing, and that's, you know, the microcosm of what companies do. Right. They don't take a second to stop and to assess and to say, okay, maybe this isn't working. Maybe um, we're forcing this or trying to make this happen a little too, too hard. And let's listen to what, the universe is telling us or our customers might be telling us and let's go a different path. But you can't do that without that introspection as an individual or an organization. So the organization is just a, a, you know, a a comprised of many individuals. Right. So all, if all of your individuals are acting one way or reacting Mm -hmm. one way, then that's going to, you know, be the demographic of the whole business. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, you're having a dinner party and you can work all day on cooking every dish. And then when you put it down in front of people, it's gobbled up in a matter of seconds. Right. Right. And it's like, sometimes you don't feel appreciated because you know, they've just chowed it down, but you've cooked it with love. You've cooked it with everything else. And I think if we just slow down and learn to save a life, enjoy the moment, the simple things of life, like the birds in the trees or the water, you know, up against the shore, the puppy dogs chasing their tails, kids laughing. We would understand so much more of what life really is. And then right. we'll be able to conduct ourselves in such a different way. Yeah. I'm so pleased you are bringing this to the table in business because it will make business people so much more successful because their entire company will become successful because it becomes an orchestra or it becomes a family it becomes that cohesive team that is where we're going collaboration cohesiveness we're not doing the competitive thing anymore right right because that became destructive absolutely right? pathological yes absolutely right. yeah and it's not about competing because there's enough to go around for everyone and whether you're doing the same thing as someone else down the road people are going to come to you for your vibration they're going to go to them through their vibration and that's yep. okay that's okay so so be careful of the vibration you put out there right that's the important one so what are your courses um, or how do you work with your clientele Uh, please let us know all about that and how people can find you yeah so um i work with individuals uh leaders i coach entrepreneurs um, really anybody in terms of finding out who they are um, using uh, different tools and assessments one's the colby index the other one the predictive index um, so individually, I do individual coaching, and then organizationally, I also help leaders with team synergy, with mm. hiring assessments, mm. putting the right people into the right seats, making sure we have a point guard for a position that needs a point guard. Um, you can find all of that on www.expressingthegeniuswithin.com, and that's my company. Um, so whether you're one person or 5,000, it's all about understanding who you are. It's developing leaders creating emotional intelligence, self-awareness, empathy, compassion, understanding. When you can do that and you get all of the cylinders firing together, mm-hmm. that's beautiful synergy. And that's what yes. everybody's after. Uh, yes. You know, internal synergy for one or organizationally for 5,000. That, that is what we should all be striving for. Yes. And, you know, you are your business. Yes. Whether it is 5,000 or one. 
Right. Right. And absolutely. it's not having, a, you know, little mini me's running around. <laughs> no. Right. It, it's about having that wonderful diversity that is going to bring different ingredients to the table, to the feast. You Things know, because, you never would have thought of. Right? Exactly. Because now it's going to feed more people. Yeah. than your, your one meat and potatoes, right? Right, so, right. You're creating the, she, the, the machine that doesn't yes. need you anymore. Right, exactly. And, you know, I had a friend who was used to um, build businesses up to, to make himself obsolete. Yeah. That the system yeah. was in place that and they didn't the need goal. him anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, there's so much here. Um, as I said, I'm so happy that you are doing it this way because I'm sorry, this is the way to go. It is. Yeah. And, and we're going to be such a better human race if we conduct business, if we conduct our lives this way and bring that to our business. We're just going to see so much more productivity, so much more harmony, and we're just going to see so much more progress in our communities globally, you know, locally. And it's, that's, this, is, this is the music for the future, folks, so get up and dance. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. So it's uh, Express Your Inner Genius? It's ExpressingTheGeniusWithin.com. Excellent. Yep. And uh, we've all got a genius in there somewhere. We sure do. Right? You know, if we you sure stop do. comparing and stop competing, you'll realize, hey, I'm pretty good at this. There's your genius. Let it it's, out. It's finding that, right? <laughs> yeah. Finding it and expressing it. That's yes. what life is all about. Yeah. Yeah, and when you express it, you become it, you exude yes. it, and you, and you ignite that in other people. So the yes. ripple effect goes out. So you owe it to society to be the genius, to be the best you can be, because that means you're part of the equation of solution. It is your sole responsibility. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%. So delighted to have had you here today. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much. Thank you so much. So remember, folks, you can take that journey. You can let... Brian, coach you here into your wonderful soul, heart, and spirit, and head alignment, and be the awesomeness that you are meant to be, because we need you to be awesome. That is the cure for the world. That is the new leadership. That is the new way that we're going to conduct life in every sense. So step up, be awesome, let your genius out. Until next time, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.